Thanks for listening to the Crosspoint Podcast. This is the Young Adults Ministry of the Franklin Road Baptist Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Here we desire to see this generation of young adults reached and revived with the gospel of Christ. We believe our generation has the opportunity to change the world as we know it. We'd love to have you join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. at Franklin Road Baptist Church. Our prayer is that our podcast will help you grow in your relationship with God. Enjoy the Crosspoint Podcast. A series today uh, entitled Love and Dating. And so we've been just kind of talking through biblical principles of what it looks like to love and date God's way. Um, as Christians, we should want to do that. We all should understand that God's way is obviously better than the world's way. And yet many times the world glamorizes its way of dating or its way of marriage or its way of falling in love. And it's not always the most biblical way. And so we want to kind of counteract that um, with uh, biblical principles of how to love and date. And so this is going to be the last lesson in this series. And then next Sunday, we are going to start a new series that will also be accompanied by a Wednesday night Bible study. Um, the, um, I'm still working on a few details. I've got to get some classes covered, but we'll be up here on Wednesday nights, hopefully this coming Wednesday, um, to start a new series called Summer Psalms. Summer Psalms. And so we'll be just taking a psalm at a time, breaking it down, applying it to our lives. Um, we're going to go through all 150 of them this summer. I'm just kidding. We aren't going to do that. Um, <laughs> We're definitely going to get through Psalm 119. I'm just kidding. We're also not going to do that. I was, I was actually trying to do the math in my head. Like how long, if we did this every summer, how long could, we, uh, could I go through in this series? But summer Psalms, um, it may turn into fall Psalms. I don't know. But uh, anyway, summer Psalms, and we'll just be taking one Psalm at a time, breaking it down, maybe having a part one or part two of the longer ones. But this will be the last lesson in this series. If you missed uh, um, some of the lessons from this series and you want to go back and watch them or listen to them, um, we are on YouTube and then also on the podcast. It's good to have a few more of you who just graduated and um, moved up into our class. And so if this is your first Sunday with us um, for moving up into our class, you're welcome to grab a t-shirt off of the bookshelf over there and then uh, a devotional. And so anyways, you can, uh, you can sort through those, but there's a little 90-day devotional over there for you and then also a t-shirt um, so that you can have one of the most comfortable t-shirts that are made in the ministry. That's always our goal. So um, anyways, you can grab one of those if you would like. Ecclesiastes chapter number three is where we're going to be as we close out this series. I do want you to listen um, with kind of your heart open uh, because I think that this is very much um, going to be countercultural to what you are taught. And the truth is, is while it may be countercultural, I don't know that it's something that we necessarily take seriously. And so today we are going to be talking about identifying your purpose, identifying your purpose or the purpose of your season as we've got it titled in your notes. And so let's begin reading in Ecclesiastes chapter number three. This is a familiar passage, and so I'm going to go through it uh, pretty quickly because not, we're not going to necessarily break apart the passage. I just want you to have the principle in your mind as we go through this. But the Bible says this in Ecclesiastes three, it says to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, 
a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to cast away, a time to rend, a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak. Boy, that's probably one that we all need to learn, all right? A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. Verse number 11. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also he hath set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. I find it very interesting that verse number 11 really closes out and kind of begin, transitions into a new thought following some familiar verses. We all, the truth is, is that people that aren't even saved and don't know their Bibles quote Ecclesiastes chapter number three. Oh, there's a time for war. There's a time for peace. There's a time for love. There's a time. They quote this, okay? And yet the principle that is tucked at the very conclusion of it in verse number 11 is this is that he hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also he hath set the world in their heart, so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. So I want us to talk for just a few moments of identifying your purpose of your season. Let's pray and we'll ask the Lord to bless us. Dear Heavenly Father God, we thank you for the day that you've given us, and we thank you for the seasons that you put us through. God, while we do not understand every season, we must trust that the season that you have placed us in is preparing us for what is next. God, may we not miss what you have for us right now in this moment and in this season. Pray that you give me wisdom as I speak. Pray that you give me the words to say. In your name we pray. Amen. How many of you do not like to follow directions when you're putting something together? probably mostly the male gender in the room, all right? Don't like to follow directions when you're putting something together, okay? There's always a part of when you're putting something together that most of the time you're looking at the directions and maybe you're looking at some sort of schematic and you think, I don't know what this is going to do. I don't know why they're telling me to do it like that. Have you ever had that feeling before? Like you're, maybe if you can even go back to your childhood days of like Legos, like why are they telling me to put 39 little single Lego pieces on this one little piece to, to build this? And so sometimes as you're building something, you think, I don't know why they're having me to do it this way. There's a man in our church who gives my children uh, these little Home Depot build kits. They're super cool. Uh, my son has actually gotten to the point to where he can do them on his own. Baylor has gotten to the point to where she doesn't care. This is kind of where she's at in her life, all right? And so anyways, but I remember there was one that was a little bit more difficult, and I like to build. I like to kind of do stuff with my hands or whatever. And so I was looking through the directions of something that Braxton was trying to build. I can't remember what it was. I think it was a birdhouse or something. I was looking through the directions of it, and I, was, and I remember looking at the directions and thinking, that doesn't make sense. That step is out of order. I don't, I don't think that that should do that. And so I decided to do it my own way. 
And I remember I got all the way to the end, and I went to put the last little piece together. And when I went to put it together, I think I was putting the roof on the base. All of a sudden, the way that I had put it together did not fit the, the base. And so the roof was like kind of all loppy-jawed, like a bird would look at it and think, what retard built this uh, birdhouse, okay? And so I remember thinking like, oh, that's why. And so I had to go in, I had to pull the nails out and had to take some of the wood glue off and put it back together the way that the direction said to do it. But there's times in life where if you're honest, you look at the way your life is going and you think to yourself, why is this happening? Why am I on this step? Why is it working like this? Why did I maybe not get the job that I wanted? Why did I get broken up with three months before I got married? Why did I have this happen? Why did I have these certain things happen in my life? Why did I have to take another year of classes that I, I wasn't ready for? Why did I have to do this? Why, why, why? And here's what we have to step back and understand is that we serve a God of seasons. We serve a God who is constantly preparing us for what is next. I want you to think for just a second about the seasons of just the calendar, okay? In wintertime, there is a reason why something doesn't grow, right? It's there to rest. It's there to take a break from its growth. And so because of that, sometimes in winter we look around and we think, oh my goodness, I hate this. Oh my goodness, I can't stand this. Oh my goodness, I don't understand the season that we're in. It's so cold, it's snowy, I, everything looks dead and awful like it's just been burnt off the face of the earth. And so I don't understand why we're in this season. But here's what you have to understand, is that for the earth to continue to replenish itself, it, is, it must be in that season for that time. You look at summer, there always comes a point during every summer to where you just think it's hot, it's awful, I'm done, like I'm just tired of sweating. But the, for the earth to continue, it must be in that season. And what you must understand as a child of God is that while you may not be able to comprehend and understand the season that you are in, for you to be spiritually replenished and to continue that season is required to prepare you for the next. Watch this. There is no, no bright blooming spring without a cold dead winter. There is no cool kind of dying fall without the heat of summer. And so for you as a child of God, watch this. There may not be something on the other side unless you recognize where you're at in the season that you are in. And the only way that you must do that and that you can do that is by identifying the purpose of your season. So we're going to walk through three seasons of really love and dating. I'm going to go ahead and give them to you. Singleness, dating, and marriage. Okay, Really nowhere else other to, other to go than that. Okay, Singleness, dating, and marriage. Or I guess you could say, or don't care. I guess we could throw that one in there. All right, But for sake of trying to get a majority of everybody will stick to singleness, dating, and marriage. The first one that I want us to see is this. Identify the purpose of your singleness. Identify the purpose of your singleness. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter number 7. 1 Corinthians chapter number 7. I'm going to give you some verses to go along with this, but I want you to see biblical principle for it as well. 
1 Corinthians chapter number 7. I'm going to go ahead and begin reading in verse number 32. If you want to write down 1 Corinthians 7, verse 32 through 34 is what we're going to read if you don't want to turn there. But the Bible says this, But I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried careth for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he that is married careth for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. Now let me just go ahead and give a quick caveat. Sometimes the way that we talk in Christianity does not always translate well, okay? So when we often refer, refer to caring for the world, we make it sound like that someone who, oh, they only care for the things of this world. That means that they're sitting at home watching R-rated movies, hyped up on drugs and alcohol and having all sorts of substance abuse because they only care for the things of the world. That's not what the Bible is saying here. What it's saying is your cares have to change when all of a sudden you're responsible for someone else. You guys understand that, right? That's an important part of dating and marriage, right? Like, I can no longer just care for myself. I must care for my wife and my children. And so it says that they care for the things of this world, how they may please his wife. There is a difference also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman careth for the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But she, is married, she that is married careth for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. So watch this. There's two breakdowns here. It says that if you're married, you've got to care about different things than those who are unmarried. But it very clearly identifies something for those who are single and unmarried. It says that your care should be for the things of the Lord, for the work of the Lord. And then it follows this up, that you may please the Lord. And then in verse number 34, it says both in body and in spirit, meaning this. That right now, if you're here and you're in this room and you're single, maybe you've just started dating, maybe you say, I have no prospects of dating, identify the purpose of your season. And here's why. How many times do we not do what is asked or expected of us in this season, and so therefore we run behind in the next? I want to prove this to you, okay? We have tried to plant a garden every year that we've bought our new house, okay? For whatever reason, I'm sure it's just being in charge of like, it feels like 75 different things at the church, okay, that we got to it late this year. And I went, or the, all of the tillers that I've used in the past were not working. So I went and I rented a tiller from Home Depot that I'm pretty sure could have, I could have done more with my finger than that tiller did, okay. And so I remember I went out there. It was blazing hot the Saturday that I did it. I tilled up only like half the garden. Like I only, I finally just said like, I'm done. I'm, I don't care. Well, so because of that, we were running behind on tilling it up. We ran behind on planting it. And guess what we are running behind on now? Everyone else has like all these nice, beautiful plants that are coming up above the ground. And ours are like, doop. Like, it's barely showing. It's like, is that corn or is that a weed? Like, I don't even know, okay? I'm pretty sure I mowed over like three of my wife's flower rows yesterday because of that. But because we ran behind and did not do what was expected in the spring season to prepare for the growth season, then guess what? Now we are not seeing the gain that we needed to right now. And if you're not careful, here's what you will do in singleness. You will say, okay, I'm not, I have no prospect of dating. There's nothing to look forward to in my life. And so I'll get serious about my walk with God once I have someone to date. I'll get serious about my purity once there's someone here. I'll get serious about what I watch and how I manage my time once I have someone. And what that ends up doing is this. 
it bumps the growth of your life into the next season. Because you did not do what was expected here, you can no longer and you can very rarely keep growing in this next season. So watch this. You as a Christian must identify the purpose of your singleness. I'm going to give you a word. This doesn't mean that it's something that you have to go to the seed on, but watch this. I'm going to give you a word for every single season. And I want you to begin to ask the Lord, no matter what season you're in, Lord, am I doing this in the season that you have given me? The word for singleness is growth. The word for singleness is growth. Identify the purpose of your season of singleness, and the word for that is growth, meaning this. That you should be stepping back and saying, Lord, what would you have for me right now? You may be able to serve in some areas that 10 years down the road when you're married, you can't serve in. Okay? You may be able to do some things right now in singleness to prepare yourself for the next season that you can't do one of these days when you're married. You may be able to do some things now. You may be able to give financially in a way that you cannot do one of these days when you're dating or when you're married. Definitely not when you're married, okay? But what are some areas that you can grow in by identifying your purpose in singleness? Secondly, identify the purpose of your dating. Identify the purpose of your dating. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. I'm turning with you. It's like a Bible sword drill, okay? I won. Charge. Or whatever you say, okay? Charge is when they say go, isn't it? 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. I'll begin reading in verse number 1. If you want to write down, the, this is verses 1 through 7. The Bible says this. Furthermore, then, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. So he's talking about growth once again. But then he says this. For ye know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication. Sometimes we get really mixed up when we talk about the will of God, don't we? We like to make it sound really spooky, like, oh, well, maybe God's going to write it in the sky, or maybe God's going to write it in the clouds for me. This is a very clear picture of, of the will of God. He says, for this is the will of God for your life. Oh, wow. If someone says, someone says hey, I know the will of God for your life, you're going to perk up and listen. Paul says, this is the will of God for your life, that you should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles which know not God, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter, because that the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also have forewarned you and testified. For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. I want you to listen to this statement. Whoever you are dating is either going to be your spouse or someone else's spouse. You say, so what? Whoever you are dating is either going to be your spouse or someone else's spouse. And if that's true, how would you want your spouse to be treated? And how would you want to treat someone else's spouse? You see, sometimes we allow the cultural narrative to drive what our dating life looks like. Just yesterday, my wife and I, we got in the car and we had seen something, we had seen like a conversation that was kind of disturbing or whatever. And so 
Um, we got in the car, and I said, I hate the way that we glamorize stuff in society. We have made sleeping around. We have made immorality. We have made all of these things normal in society. When the truth is, is it is very abnormal scripturally. It's very abnormal biblically. And for a child of God to love and date God's way, it takes us recognizing that even in dating, you might be completely sold out to this guy or girl, but even in dating, you're either dating your spouse or someone else's spouse. And the Bible says this, not to go beyond and defraud a brother, meaning don't mess it up for someone else. Don't mess it up for someone else's spouse. Don't mess it up for you. Don't, me, don't, don't go beyond and defraud yourself, and here's why. I love that Paul almost knowingly writes this in there because I think that he knew the way that this generation, our generation, will respond to rules and society and whatever. Oh, well, that's legalistic. I can date however I want. Watch this. For God hath not called us unto, cleanly, or unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. Your calling in dating is purity. So in singleness, it's growth. But your purpose in, in dating is purity. And then the last thing is this. Identify the purpose of your marriage. Identify the purpose of your marriage. I want to take you to Genesis chapter number 2, verse number 18. Genesis 2, verse number 18. The Bible says this. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make an help meet for him. I want you to take your Bibles and not only, not only jot that one down, but I feel like it's important for you to see this. Go to Ephesians chapter number 5. Ephesians chapter number 5. I won't take the time to read all of it, but it's verses 21 through 33. The Bible says this, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For as the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Husbands, verse number 25, sorry, I'll skip down. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Verse number 28, so ought men to love their wives as their own body. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. The purpose of your season of marriage is this. It's service. It's service. You say, that's not true. It's to be served. I want you to watch this. The two times that Scripture, two most popular times that Scripture gives a purpose for marriage, it's the first time in the Garden of Eden when God looks down and he sees Adam by himself and says, this is not good, okay? Which is probably the understatement of the year, okay? There's a man by himself. That's not good, all right? This is not good. But then he says this, I will make an help meet for him, someone to help him. But then just so that we don't get this demented in our minds, Ephesians chapter number five compares the love that the husband should have for the wife as the way that Christ sacrificed himself for the church. So watch this. The two purposes and gender roles of scriptural marriage is serving each other as Christ has served us. Sometimes we get into this mindset of, well, marriage means I'm going to get mine. I'm going to go get what I want. 
I'm going to make sure that my needs are fulfilled. I'm going to make sure that everything that I want in a spouse is in this person. When that's not at all what Scripture teaches. Scripture teaches that you're supposed to be a helpmeet. Scripture teaches that you're supposed to serve. Scripture teaches that you're supposed to sacrifice. That this is not about you getting 100%. It's about you giving 100%. In marriage counseling, I used to say marriage is not 50-50, it's 100-100. But watch this, I've changed that thinking. Marriage is not 50-50. We would all probably agree with that. Like, well, I'll give a little bit here, they'll give a little bit here, we'll meet in the middle and that's fine, okay? Marriage is not 50-50. But marriage is also not 100-100. The truth is, is there are days where I walk in the house and I have nothing left to give. And my wife does not set that expectation of, well, I can't love him because he's not 100% in right now. He's not 100% there. I'm 100% in on a nap but I might not be 100% on, on helping cook supper, okay? But there's also times where I come in the house and I just see this look of horror, especially right now in the summer. Like, summers are, are wild, okay? She has this look like, I've done nothing. Like, I have literally done nothing. Like, like, she's texted me, I think, three or four times in the past two weeks where Blakely has spilt her coffee. Like, there's no worse way to start your day than a 15-month-old spilling your coffee on you, okay? But guess what? In those moments, I don't look at her and just think, oh, well, can't love her 100% because she's not 100% in. Here's what marriage is. Marriage is not 50-50. Marriage is not 100-100. Marriage is 100-0. Meaning you giving when you may not even be getting. You say, that's not fair. Let's think about who we're picturing. We're picturing Jesus Christ. We're picturing Christ's love for the church. What does is, what is, uh, Romans 5, 8 say? But God commendeth his love toward us, you finish it, in that while we were yet sinners. Stop right there. You had nothing to give Jesus Christ. You had nothing that was deserving of his love. And so if you are going to be a picture of that one day in marriage, here's what it looks like. It looks like you giving even when you may not be getting. It looks like you serving even when you may not be served. And sometimes we have this warped philosophy of singleness, of dating, and of marriage where it looks more like the world's way than God's way. Your season of singleness is preparing you for potentially your season of dating. Your season of dating with its highs and its lows and its, and its breakups and its, I don't even know if I like this person, okay? That season of dating is preparing you for marriage. And if you skip the purpose of a season, you won't be prepared for the next. So identify the purpose of your dating, growth, or your singleness, growth. The purpose of your dating, purity. And the purpose of your marriage service. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. On the back of this sheet, there's just a couple of questions and a couple of challenges. I'm going to ask you this week at some point to, first of all, identify your season. Some of you, it's pretty easy. Okay? It's look around. I'm not dating. Okay, I'm single. All right? Some of you, it's I'm dating. Maybe I should be single. All right? Some of you, if you're married, you're there. All right? No, you can no turning back now. But I want you to take the time this week 
to write down on the back of this sheet of paper, if you have your own notebook or your phone or whatever you use, and say, I'm going to identify my season, and then I'm going to identify my purpose. And here's what I would encourage you to do. I would encourage you that no matter what season you're in, to go ahead and identify the, the reason or the purpose for the next, because here's why. If you don't know what's next for you, it's going to be really easy to skip where you're at. So if you're single and you don't and you say, oh, hey, yeah, I'm dating. Woohoo, I'm out of this season. Yeah, all right. Well, you're already in it, okay? Let's figure, let's figure out where you're going before you get there, okay? That's an important principle of life. Figure out where you're going before you get there. Okay? You can quote me on that. You can put it on Pinterest and put like some little cutesy flower behind it, all right? Okay? But identify what's next so that you'll be prepared for it when you get there. Let's pray. We'll ask the Lord to bless us. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for the day that you've given us. Lord, thank you for your love for us. Pray that you would bless these young adults. Lord, I know that there are some in this room that they are not enjoying the season that they're in. God, I pray that you would give them peace. Lord, I pray that you would give them comfort. Lord, may you be their joy and their comfort and their peace no matter what season they are in. May they not look to a person and a human being to fulfill that. May you be the fulfillment of that. We ask all these things in your name we pray. Amen. Let me close with just one thing. You got one minute, okay? A couple of months ago, I felt like I was just, I meant to close with this. So for those of you who are like, he's just, he came up with this during prayer. No, I didn't. It was in my notes. I just forgot it, all right? Actually, I don't use a lot of notes. So it was in my mind. I just forgot it. A couple of months ago, I just felt like I was, I was running ragged. I actually remember telling my wife, I said, right now I feel like I stink at everything. Anybody ever been there before? Like you just stink at everything. Like it's like, okay, like, like financially I'm a mess. Relationally I'm a mess. Like we're, like relate, all this, like just mentally everything. Like I'm tired. I'm just, and so I remember telling my wife, I'm like, I just stink at everything. Like I'm not being a good dad right now. I don't feel like I'm being a good husband right now. And it just was, there were so many plates spinning that I just, I couldn't figure it out. And so one of the things that I did so I remember going in my office, and I just was, I was just done. And I pulled out a blank sheet of paper, and I wrote the word season above it. And I took some time, and I said, what season am I in right now? And when you think about it, when, you're, when life's crazy and life's busy and life's hectic, that's a very discouraging thought to think about, okay? But there's some of you, the reason why you're maybe not dating is because you're just in a season of insane busyness, okay? That's okay. That's okay. Identify that season. But one of the things that I did was I went and I wrote down on a piece of paper, still got it in my wallet today, is I wrote down, I said, this is what the purpose of this season is, and these are the five things that I'm going to do during this season. One of them was to be intentional with my walk with the Lord. I'm going to say there's nothing that's going to sacrifice this. It doesn't matter that I get a text message or a phone call at 6.30 in the morning. I'm not going to sacrifice my walk with the Lord. I'm going to be intentional with my kids and my, and my family meaning that I'm going to say, this is, my, this is our time. One of them was I'm going to intentionally find ways to praise the Lord, meaning this, that some of you right now, if you're in singleness and you hate it, then you need to find intentional ways to praise the Lord. Some of you, if you're dating and you say, I'm just so consumed with this person that I don't even have time to walk with God, you need to find intentional ways to walk with God. So I would encourage you to not only identify the purpose of the season, but make a couple of commitments to go along with it. You're dismissed. That's all. That was extra and free. Thanks for listening. If this lesson is helpful to you, 
feel free to share it with someone else or let us know by emailing us at crosspoint at franklinroad.org. You can also check us out at frbc underscore crosspoint on Instagram and Twitter. We look forward to connecting with you again soon.